And so after that, they saw him do some pretty incredible things. Listen to some of the things, right? Saw him heal people possessed with unclean spirits. They saw him heal a guy with leprosy, a man who was paralyzed, a woman who'd been bleeding for 12 years. They see him calm a storm and raise a little, a little girl from death to life. Then he goes to his hometown and starts teaching there, and he gets rejected. The people just, just kick him out, the people who know him best. Right? And so now we're kind of caught up in the story. And in what we read just a little bit ago, the disciples are just getting back from a local mission trip. Right? So Jesus had sent them out. Days earlier, Jesus had said to them, go, go, pack light for the journey. Don't take much, but wear sandals because you're going to do a lot of walking. But it's not going to be a cakewalk because eventually you're going to run into people who are going to reject you. They're not going to like that. They're not going to like what you're up to. So when that happens, shake the dust off your feet and walk out the door, walk away as a testimony against them. So he gave them power and authority over evil spirits. He gave them the ability to to teach like he had taught. So to do the same kinds of things that they had witnessed him doing. So they went. They drove out demons. They healed a whole lot of people. And now they're all gathered around Jesus. And their sandals are worn. They've got bags under their eyes because they spent all that energy. They haven't gotten much sleep. They're a few pounds lighter because of all the walking and the not much eating, but they're still all jacked up about what they had just done, what they had just experienced. Healing people with unclean spirits, putting people's lives back together. They cast out demon, and now they're telling Jesus about it, and they're excited, right? And since Jesus can't figure out what it is that they're saying, because they're all sort of talking over one another, we did this and we did that, and you'll never believe what Peter did over here. So they're trying to tell all these stories, and he's like, wait a second, hold up. Like, there's too many people around. I can't understand words you guys are saying, so come away with me. Come away with me to a quiet place. Get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. Come away with me by yourselves. You guys got to get some rest. So they went away. They got some rest. Last summer, my... My uh, family, we took a vacation to uh, Michigan, and we went to Upper Lower Peninsula, Michigan, around the Traverse City area. Don't know how familiar you are with Michigan, doesn't matter. So anyway, we spent some time, there wasn't much, <laughs> yeah, I could do the hand, the mitten thing, yeah. Um, we, uh, we, we didn't really, I'm going to try to describe to you what, what this vacation was like. I'm going to try, I don't know if there are words, I'm going to try to explain to you what it sort of did to us, but I don't know if there are words that can, that can capture it. So I'm just going to kind of tell you a little bit about it. So we didn't make a whole lot of plans ahead of time. We knew that there were places that we wanted to go and see, but each day was going to be different. We kind of woke up in the morning and figured out what we were going to do. So we spent some time in Traverse City, and we also wanted to see uh, this place called Petoskey. Um, So we went up one day and and we spent the morning in Petoskey and we brought some sandwiches and lunches and we ate in a park. And then we also wanted to go down down this highway, which is right next to the big lake, which is big and beautiful and blue up there, like blue, blue. 
So we, were, we wanted to go down to this place called Charlevoix because there were, some, there were some houses up there with this unique architecture that we wanted to look at. And some of you were thinking, that's what you wanted to do on vacation? Look at people's homes? That's weird. But it was cool. Anyway, so anyway, we were driving down this highway from Petoskey down to Charlevoix. And Renee and I, on a whim, we just decided, you know what? We're just going to pull over and go down onto the beach and search for Petoskey stones. Do you guys know what Petoskey stones are? Okay, let me explain to you. Petoskey stones are stones that are really fossilized coral. They're like anywhere between 65 million years old and several hundred million years old. Uh, So these fossilized corals have become stone, and they're really cool because when they're dry, you can't tell that they're Petoskey stones, but when they're wet, you can see these little hexagonal uh, coral in there. I brought one with me. It's right here. This is one I found and polished. You can look at it later if you want to. It's not very big. But here's the deal. We went, and on a whim, we just got out of the van. We parked on the side of the highway, and we got down, and we started searching on this rocky beach for Petoskey stones, and we just got lost in it. We spent three hours scouring that beach, and we found a whole bunch of Petoskey stones. We put them in buckets and bags and anything we could, we could find to carry them in, and we just got, it was so much fun. We just got lost. Those three hours created a memory in us that each of my family members will never forget. Will you ever forget that day, Micah? No. It was so much fun. We did some other things on that vacation. We went to Sleeping Bear Dunes. We climbed a dune. We canoed down a river that went to, that ended in Lake Michigan. We spent some time in Southwest Michigan where uh, we spent a couple days at the beach and it was just, oh, I can't describe to you what that vacation did in us. Like there are no words. Okay, actually there is a word. After all of that, there's one word that describes that vacation. Sabbath. Sabbath. Come away with me to a quiet place. Y'all need some rest. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. It's an imperative. It says, come away with me to a quiet place. Oh, I love it. Now, out of all the commands that we find in the Bible, now the Bible has a lot of commands in it. It tells us to do this and don't do that. This one's got to be the best one, right? Take a vacation. Jesus, giving his disciples, you and me, his followers, permission to take some time off. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. For six days you shall do all your work, but on the seventh day when it comes, On the seventh day, put your feet up, let go, take a vacation, take some time off, come away with me to a quiet place and get some rest. Now you might be thinking that not only is this the best command in the Bible, but it's also the easiest. Take a vacation? Of course I will. Absolutely. But I'm not so sure that it is. And I'm not so sure that we're all that good at it. The average American, did you know this, takes two weeks vacation a year. Over in France and Germany, six weeks a year. Kind of want to move to France. 
I don't know why, but I'd rather move to France than Germany. I'd, I've never been to either place. I have nothing against Germany, but I think, I think I'll move to France. We get six weeks of vacation, like automatically when you move to France. That's what I've been told, right? So we Americans, we don't like to stop working. We don't. And when we do, what do we do? We take our laptops, our tablets, our, our little pocket computers with us, right, that we call phones, and we don't ever hardly use them as phones, but we use them as ways to, to just stay connected with all the stuff that we're supposed to be leaving behind. Jesus says, no, leave all that behind. Come away with me to a quiet place. Let go. Get some rest. So we're talking about Sabbath. It's so important. Right? And after, after that vacation and every vacation, I, think, I always think to myself, i got to find a way. we got to find a way to do that better more often. Hey, Sabbath rest is important. Here's why. Because when we truly observe Sabbath, we're saying, we belong to you, God. We don't belong to ourselves. We're not in charge of this whole deal. You are. I can let go for a while, and the world's going to be just fine. Like, I can leave work, let go of work. And you know what? Work's going to be fine. They will be fine without me. But for us, we like to stay busy, don't we? It's like a virtue in our culture. Like, how many times have you answered the question, how's your week? Oh, I'm so busy. It was so busy. I was so busy running here and there and everywhere. I was so busy. Like, how many times have you answered that question in that way? I was so busy. Did you, did you know that the polite way to answer the question, how are you doing in China, is, is I'm very busy, thank you. Right? We feel that, don't we? We know that. It's like we think it's up to us to set the world right or the world will be lost. We believe that it's up to us to do good or good won't get done. But the truth behind our busyness is this crazy belief that we are the creators, saviors, sustainers of our own little lives, our own little worlds, and we're the solution to all the world's problems, at least the ones that we find at home and at work. Right? But you know what? When we rest when we take time off, when we live into Sabbath, when we truly stop and say no, we're saying we belong to you, God. We don't own ourselves. We belong to you. You're the one who's in charge of this whole deal. And when we say the Apostles' Creed, we say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. What we're saying is that we believe it's not up to us to make the world right. This book starts off by saying, in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth, God is still creative. God is still creating. God isn't dead or inactive or ineffective. This book also says that the one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, the one who watches over Israel will never slumber or sleep. So when we rest, when we take a break, when we, when we live into Sabbath, we're saying, when we get away with Jesus to a quiet place to get some rest, when we do that with our lives, we are making a theological statement to each other and to the world around us that we belong to God. We believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. 
not only is that a way for us to make a statement, a theological statement with our actions about God, it's also a way for us to be a little less self-absorbed, a little less self-important. Now, this may seem counterintuitive, right? That doesn't sound right. I'm going to take a vacation. That seems like it's all about me. I'm going to take a vacation for myself and enjoy my life. It makes it seem like that, right? But no, look, look at the disciples. When they get back, they're all wrapped up in themselves. Look at the way it, Mark, Mark tells it on purpose this way. Here they are gathered around Jesus. They're reporting to Jesus all they had done and taught. All they had done and taught. It wasn't, Jesus, you'll never believe what God did. You'll never believe what God did in us and through us. It was the most amazing display of divine power we have ever experienced. No, it was, look, Jesus, look at what we did. Look at what, look at what we taught. Look at what we were so important. And Jesus is like, oh, guys, hold on a second. Like, good work. But you're not that important. Like this whole thing doesn't depend on y you. Like I get why you're hyped up, but this isn't about you. It's not that we're unimportant, right? That's not the message here. It's not like, it's not like the work that we do is unimportant. It's not that God doesn't want us to partner with God and what God is up to in the world, putting things back together again, right? Jesus is the one who sent them out in the first place. Of course, God loves it when we do that. It's just that when we do it's ultimately God doing the changing of the world. God doing the healing of the world. And we're at best, we're at best God's little instruments. Right? And it takes Sabbath, it takes rest for us to come to that realization. Because while we're resting, while we take time off, God is still moving, breathing, and doesn't stop changing and healing the world. Right? They crossed over the lake, they got out of the boat, People immediately recognized Jesus, and what happens? They ran throughout that whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was, and wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch just the fringe, the edge of his cloak, and all who did were healed. It's ultimately God doing the changing of the world, and we're at best his little instruments. Regular Sabbath rest is a way for us to become a little less self-absorbed, a little less self-important. I mean, it feels good to have Jesus say, I want you to partner with me in the healing of the world, in the restoration of all things. That makes us feel good. But take Sabbath rest for us to remind ourselves that God is still, while we're resting, God's still doing the changing of the world. God doesn't stop working. So there's this poem written by a guy named Nanao Sakaki. I want to read it to you. In the morning, after taking a cold shower, what a mistake, I look in the mirror. There, a funny guy, gray hair, white beard, wrinkled skin, what a pity. Poor dirty old man, he is not me, absolutely not. Land and life, fishing in the ocean, sleeping in the desert with the stars building a shelter in mountains, farming the ancient way, singing with coyotes, singing against nuclear war. I'll never be tired of life. Now I'm 17 years old. 
very charming young man. I sit down quietly in lotus position, meditating, meditating for nothing. Suddenly a voice comes to me to stay young, to save the world, break the mirror. In other words, break all the things in your life that make you so self-absorbed, that make you so self-important. Without the mirror, that cruel instrument of self-absorption, he gets out into nature under the stars, lets go of himself, feels 17 again. Break the mirror. Sabbath is kind of like that. It allows us to to sort of break all the things that make us feel so self-important and so self-absorbed. It, it takes Sabbath to do that. It's not the work that we do that determines our worth. Right? It's, our worth is founded in the work that God does in us and through us and for and in the world. It takes Sabbath rest to come to this realization. Here's another thing that it does for us. You experience this when you get good rest. It just gives you more energy. It re-energizes you. It like gives you more life. It's life-giving, and God created it that way. So Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, he wrote about how the ancient rabbis used to talk about how the Sabbath would give us this thing called Neshama Yetera. Neshama Yetera literally means additional soul. Additional soul. Isn't that cool? He writes about how some of the ancient rabbis believed that a literal spiritual entity on the Sabbath, when it was truly observed, another spiritual, ident another spiritual entity, another soul, would enter your body and give you extra life. You know this. You've experienced this, right? When you take a good rest, you, you feel this extra life in you. It's like listening to a great song. You get lost in it for a while, like you're driving in your car and you let yourself go and you start singing at the top of your lungs. You don't care if anyone sees you. It gives you this extra soul, this extra life. It's energizing. That's what Sabbath does for you. You go away to a solitary place. You get lost. You get life. And we seem to be hardwired this way too, right? Even our bodies were made this way. Like if you do weight training, you lift weights, you do upper body one day, the next day you do lower body, right? And while you, what, you have to give those muscles time to rest, and what happens when you give them time to rest is the little tears that you've created in those muscles have time to heal, and they grow stronger and leaner when you give them the rest they need. Our, even our bodies are created this way, right? When you're done, you get a little Neshama Yetera. You're built stronger and leaner because you've given yourself time to rest. You get additional soul. So the disciples are all gathered around Jesus. They're tired. They're worn out. They're all jacked up about all the amazing things that they had done and taught. They got bags under their eyes, and Jesus is like, y'all got to take a break. Come away with me to a quiet place. Get some rest. So if you haven't done it in a while, take a vacation or plan one. 
Or maybe just for today. At least for today. For one day. Let go of it all. Let God be God and recognize that you're a creature. Right? Let God be God. You might just find yourself walking away with a gift from God. A little little neshama yetera. A little additional soul. Let's pray.